Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Hello, you have Hi. reached the Marketing Money Podcast. No one is here. Goodbye. Hey, we at least need to let them leave a message. Leave a message at the beep. You like that? Just kidding. It's us. We're here. We're live and we're ready to talk bank marketing. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> How much coffee have you had today? Actually, not enough. I got you. I'm faking I got it. You. I got you. Total fakery. Total chicanery i was almost gonna say that i already knew that's why my bracket's doing so well oh yeah well that's uh on to next year (laughs) is baseball here yet yeah but my but but uh massive bumgarner got hit in the hand with a line drive spring training last year he got in a dumb motorcycle accident my giants are baseball starts on the 29th 29th earliest start ever yeah Earliest start ever. False, false start. Earliest. Wow. Everybody's hurt in basketball right now, too, in the NBA. Like, just hurt. Yeah. Everybody's hurt. Getting just tired of everybody being you hurt. You know what? The Masters is coming in two weeks, though. Real excited about that. Mm. And actually, by the time this podcast comes out, it may be Masters weekend. Maybe. So, who knows? Now you know when we recorded this. Yeah, we're recording. So, what are we going to talk about today, Mr. Mabus? Let's make something topical that... N- Maybe the audience doesn't know about, but that's important to us. I think we've we we had a pretty good week this week. We did. I did. No, you did. You did. I did. You did. Yeah. What do you? You? Me. You Who? too. Who? He's on first. Ah, me. Yes. Good. So what? Ta- <laughs> so we talk a lot about content and what can happen, and both John and I. Had a um, a good content win week where, um, you know, look, here's the deal. You make a bunch of content and, you know, people like Gary Vee and all these guys talk about that. And, and By the way, seg- segue side note. Yeah. Gary Vee's late- latest speech from Brisbane. Is it, is it, does that say that right? Hey, you have to say it with an Australian accent, well, but no, don't. No, I'm not. <laughs> Australia is the best Gary Vee of Gary Vee that Gary Vee's ever yet. done. I have I've got it queued up. But so it's I about an had... hour and three minutes or so. And some of his stuff is bluster, the hustle, all that, which... It's good because you need to get pumped up to go do this stuff because it takes an, a lot of energy to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, you gotta you gotta convince yourself just to keep going. But this one, I think Gary Vee a lot of time is almost a mo- an entrepreneurial motivational speaker. Yeah. And on this one, he got tactical, which I thought was really cool because a lot of times it's just think about it and be fast and go do stuff. And on this one, he's all of a sudden now hold on, here is where you should be, and here's how you do it. And then he started getting into. Well, you're going to go spend on Facebook. Yeah, but you got to make good content. So then he got into good content. He, he really walked down the line of what you can do, and he sort of gave you a little bit of a playbook and he even talked about it. He said, there's marketers making millions of dollars over what I say. He said, but they got to execute. Right. So that's his, his well, point. I think but, Gary Vee may, may be smart enough to do the teach you everything you know, not everything he knows, Yeah. and and hold some of it back. But, but one of the things he does talk about is – you know, which came first, the the content or the distribution. If you don't have distribution, it doesn't matter. Your content doesn't matter, but if you don't have content, you can't get distribution doesn't matter. Yeah. So um, strangely enough, on the same week, we both of us hit a home run. Mm. Mm. 
I'd say more like a grand slam. Okay. No, uh, it, just kidding. We 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 slam dunked a home run into the hole net. in one. Yes, it was a hole in none net. Anyway, feels good for us. Um, we'll tell you a little bit about it. Okay, so last week or middle of the week, the New York Times that just amazing. Are we starting with me? Yeah, we're gonna start with you. Cool. The New York Times decided they were going to do what we call drive-by journalism, and they wrote about our hometown of Tupelo, Mississippi, without ever visiting, without interviewing anyone that lived here, and without doing their due diligence. They would have failed every compliance test a bank has, but they're not a bank. They're and a, they redlined us. They're a form of, and they redlined us. And they're a form of media, so they are free, according to the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, whichever one you want to choose, to do what they want to do. Well, as long as they don't slander or libel, libel and well, or and, defame. And did they? I don't know. But here's my here's well. They told a true story, but there was some with their falsehoods own by, by omission. Yes. And so I'll, I'll get to the short of what happened. We'll link it so in case you're just like, you can pause it, go read it. Yeah, we're going to link both it. these stories. But to the point is, Josh put on, got on his white horse and rode in to save the day for Tupelo because he responded to the New York Times article. And I'll let him tell, tell us about the genesis of why and what <laughs> happened with it. Well, the thing is, is I'll, I'll relate this to Banks first. So this story, if you read it, hopefully again you paused and went and you read it. If you don't know Tupelo, it may it it may seem whatever accurate. I don't know. The thing is, living here every day, it was absolutely well. While there will be implications from a tariff, there will be. I mean, I, the the story is about basically Trump supporters voting how their vote backfired because ultimately the president will hurt them. And politics aside, yes, that 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 probably will affect what's going on uh, if you hear a train in the background i'll stop because i've gotten a good a good roll going and you won't hear it because we won't click around but politics aside yes it, the tariff will affect tupelo mississippi will affect north mississippi will affect jobs will affect wages but basically they the, these two writers and researchers painted this picture that tupelo is just this blight it is you know empty and barren and the trump supporters got what they deserved Trump support really has nothing to do with it because essentially Tupelo is a vibrant community. It's one of the few communities in Mississippi, I would say, that's figured out that you can't just uh, attract industry without having a place of what I say for the CEO's wife to shop. There has to be a, a downtown or, or a husband to shop. Or a husband to shop. Yes. Yeah. I'm insensitive. Yes, you are. I'm sorry. Anyway, there. Tupelo has done a, a great job since um, the, the, the time frame that they pointed out about 18 years ago, the millennium, of um, diversifying. The, the people who were laid off from furniture factories and manufacturing jobs started their own businesses. They bought up real estate. They, they made something that was more than just a manufacturing economy. And because no one visited Tupelo... They they didn't get the whole picture. Um, I'm sure on paper it does look like what they well, said. It, it really looks doesn't. Like. The data. Was, well, other than our tax, well, our the, tax well, income's incredible. Well, the data was cherry picked from from an industry that is impacted when it doesn't take into account that other industries move in yeah. to replace over an 18 year time period, which 18 to 20 years is a generation. That was literally a generation ago, and they gave no account. The that. horseshoe sellers are out of horseshoes. The horses are no, no longer being shooed and fed in Tupelo. Because we have cars. And that's... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I pointed that out, you know, got some other research and put it out. And, you know, so the, the where I would relate this to banks is sometimes we're so conservative we don't speak up 
even when there's an obvious mistruth being said about our industry, well, a good example. We don't want to bring anybody down on us. Well, a good example of that is when some of the major banks were getting picked on by, and maybe rightfully so, by regulators or other um, entities for practices they did. You would see CNN would be like, "Banks do this," and be, like the headline. Or, and it was a very the specific be like, bank. Banks did this. They were fine. Banks, and they'd ha- they bring on these commentators. They'd be like, "The big banks needed this." Well. Some of the big banks aren't doing that. In fact, most of them aren't. Yeah. As and, far as I know, right now, one has committed some pretty egregious things. Who shall but, remain but then nameless. everybody becomes part of that conversation, and you get banks get in. hammered, and then all of a sudden now we have a new regulator, and someone comes up with new laws. And look, no one's saying, oh, we're super innocent. No one at the same time saying, we did all that. This isn't a good bad discussion it's a but when it's it's a discussion of accuracy and how you respond to it right and and that's it was a relatively big leap to call out the new york times I mean, who, one i have nothing to lose because it was truth versus mistruth but but still like what does a fellow from tupelo mississippi have to say well a lot if you paint a false picture of the town in which i live well and then the follow-up to that is i work for one of the major banks here in town obviously you work for a major ad agency in town the and major, a business the. Uh, the and a business who rec- <laughs> but the whole point is we recruit people to work here yeah i've got to and so if if i'm recruiting a digital marketer to come into town and going to interview them and they're moving here from seattle washington they google tupelo and the new york times article pops up first and they think i can't move there that's going to be this downtrodden everybody in the streets naked poor i mean that's eat. what it looked yeah. like it really did and they and show up here and the first thing they usually say when they walk to town is your downtown looks like a movie set yeah, it's like it's it's perfect most of the time. It yeah. really is, and it's because of the good work of and a lot of people. Not, we're not perfect. No, but but it's a lot better than 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 what the the media. Uh, I mean, it was really fake news. I mean, it, it, what's funny and look, not to be political, but I will say something. They pointed out with law of unintended consequences. People voted for a president that turns around and and in turn hurts the economy. Is was their big point. By putting out a story, they polarized the local populace against them and their views. So they actually backed what they were were trying to to destroy, which is, you know, whatever, you support this one guy. Well, this one guy keeps talking about fake news, and they put out what Tupelo looks at as fake news. So anyway, their, their whole unintended consequences rolled back on them. It was really odd. But hopefully when somebody... When I'm trying to recruit somebody from some other part of the country, which we we've done very successfully, if they see New York Times, hopefully they see my piece behind it. Yeah, or maybe even ahead of it, because it did pretty well out there in the. Um, yeah, I think it got fifty eight thousand views or something like that. Hold on, let's look at it. We're looking at that. that I know that I shared it and had a bunch of shares off of it. Near uh, over three hundred. Um, shares on Facebook. Yeah, and so um, yeah, we're sitting at fifty five thousand views to that page in um, three days. And and here's another argument is is balance for things, and because I don't have a better article to describe it in the lexicon, but things like this, you often hear. Well, if we stir it up, does it stink more? In other words, do Somebody we do we, res- do we respond to it or do we just say, nah, we're going to ignore that article because, but here's the deal. This is the New York Times. It's a national world, asked, world newspaper. They're like, uh, but do we want to bring, bring, you know, we don't really want to perpetuate bad news. It's the New York yeah, Times. This isn't some little paper in the corner of the state that, you know, has 
25 readers that drink coffee at Hardee's in the morning. The, the New York Times opened an article and closed it with Tupelo, Mississippi. Not a small town, and used Tupelo as an example from the top to bottom was Tupelo, Mississippi. So you're inexorably tied to it. So you and, so, and some very funny expressions in it. We have a every I think now almost every is, is it every a, Corolla. Corolla in the United States in the world is it or at least United States is made here in Tupelo or right outside of Tupelo in Blue Springs, which is like five minutes outside of town. So you might as well say Tupelo in the MSA. They had a response on there that said, and there's a few people slapping together Corollas. Or they slap together like, like it's just oh we're, it's just a thing that no there's like six thousand people that work there and they turn out like a hundred thousand cars like every minute oh, and there's a car coming out every minute I mean it was it was blown off but like, they said slapping together is obviously biased I mean it was it was very condescending and again they use their political views in my in my estimation they paint a, a mental picture of of you know gap teeth tupeloans down here who how in the world did they get a toyota plant and if they did they must just be down there screwed i'd never buy a corolla because these yokels slapping them together i mean it's seething is is the word for it's it, I think. frustrating because i feel like you can look you can write an article and you can defend data but i think when it comes to journalism you have to go qualitative and quantitative if you're going to have a statistical column you, you got to leave the slapping together Corollas. Yeah. Out of well, it. and part of the look, I know tariffs affect pricing of steel and other items that, yes. that were discussed in the article. But you've also got to look at the movement of the the economy and where jobs have gone. For instance, yes, furniture jobs have moved from Tupelo somewhat, but they've been replaced by auto manufacturing yeah. and, 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 and local entire business. companies and local business. So it, the picture was not painted clearly. Yeah. I mean, we had a, a Levi's plant. In, in Mississippi, in Tupelo, that, that shut down. And guess what? Uh, a company that makes three to $500 custom blue jeans had a workforce ready to go to make custom blue jeans, one-off blue jeans. Yeah. And, and well, you can go over It's to, a scale issue. Selling five, I mean, I'm sure the, the, at, at wholesale, those jeans were, the Levi's were five bucks a pair. I don't know. To making five hundred just for easy math. Yeah, but they weren't custom, custom yeah, made, and five, custom paid. So, so it's different scale. So there's a lot of qualitative answers that were not, or questions and answers that were not done. And the data was, very, in my opinion, in our opinion, I think you'd share it with me. It was, it was very cherry picked. And yeah. I think the banking industry, to relate to what we do, is often cherry picked. It's well, this happened because the banks did this bad thing. And they don't look at what you do in your community. They don't look at, especially with community banks, they don't look at the impact they have on their community versus what you read about a national bank on a national level. And look, I work for a larger bank now. I mean, I do. And so we're, you know, we have to watch everything we do and make sure that everything is within the regulatory uh, right away. And we do. We're, we're a very conservative bank by that standard. When a major media outlet calls you out, but not where I think it was completely credible. It, you've got to stand up. Well, here's the thing that I kept wanting to relate to it, and I couldn't figure it out, is, and plus there's some other political implications, you'll know what I mean when I say that, is we as Americans threw a fit over taxation without representation. I mean, this was an article, statistation without representation, or whatever <laughs> you want to say. I mean, there was not a quote, not a ground-level look at Mississippi. I, I really want an answer back from these guys. Like, did you visit 
I mean, did you? But the good news is a couple, a couple of one, one of those is miraculous, and that's beyond the the response. I mean, a lot of page views. I mean, and and the lesson to you out there is you can play into something like that. And not that I played into it. I mean, this was real. I mean, that's sort of, this, this was an actual real thing, and I was able to, to I mean, defend the truth, which is, you know. Honorable. What? Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> but here's the weird thing is, um, so so it went out, we put it out on, on, on the Mavis blog, which I was kind of you know worried about just because I'm like every your boss and anybody else's boss, you don't want to tie yourself to some controversial opinion. But I had to put it on a blog. I don't have a, I don't maintain a personal blog. Uh, 55,000 page views, cool. Well, you Lo- can own local. the channel now too. I think that's a new thing that, that's, uh, it's new since the, last 10 15 years is like you can own the channel now like you don't have to take out a tublo didn't need to call the new york times and take out a full page ad or a rebuttal to it yeah for thirty thousand dollars or whatever it is Uh, yeah have fun with that i'm gonna talk i may talk to some folks you split that up split up split up but it's not a bad idea so Mm. But my point is, you, you are here. You don't, you don't have to do it. No, you don't have to. And and I mean, we got plenty of eyeballs on it. Local news outlets published it as a um, as an op ed piece. And so here's the here's the miracle is not uh, well two negative responses that just to be frank and and transparent, I I addressed both of them. I normally don't, but it was just whatever, and they both said fair point and and moved on. But not really any disagreement with it, which is really strange to me. Yeah, well, I think when you read the article and you read your article and the fact you didn't come off political, you even said in there, this isn't about politics. This is about our community and the way it was misrepresented. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the voting data says which candidate the community voted for. Yes, the... There is a political bent probably to the article if you read it and try to... And there are repercussions, no matter who you vote for. It's, Either that way. Is, uh, Either way. But, and this is a thing I point out, is they used 18 years of data to ca- to characterize a 1.5-year presidency. Well, and also a, a tariff ban. A, it's not a bill. A tariff ban or whatever the president does there, because I'm back on my international law, but whatever he does, it's, it's not even in place yet. It's yeah. a threat. Well, and, and obviously steel is going to go up out of the threat, which is... Well, the, you saw the Dow was down last business day yeah. pretty big, and that's kind of rallied back because he, the threat's been dialed back a little bit. But it was... I don't know. And there are already steel tariffs. And that, in that same 18-year period, one thing they didn't really point out is um, there were Bush-era... Tariffs. Tariffs. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a building project, a rather large building project here in, in Tupelo that stalled. It was um, a church. That, that stopped because the prices got too high yeah they they, literally, they above their estimation of yeah. their budget and um there was a uh, a specific um bylaw or whatever if it went uh, i mean it just stalled it it stayed empty for a long time because of it. so there are repercussions don't don't think i'm just ignorant to that but the point is if you look at the snapshot slice of time of tupelo right now they they misrepresent it so enough on that go read it go check it out um let me know what you think i'm curious um, what people outside the region I've heard a lot from people in the region obviously they're appreciative of sta- standing up well, I think it's a good example of if you're right and you know you're right the channel do something. The, do something and the channels that are available now that weren't available just a few years ago can help you deliver your message and may actually spin the conversation in your direction or your favor uh, I asked um, Hunter Young who you guys know from being on the podcast works for me I said what do you uh, Saturday morning what, what do you think page views were at because I'm excited I mean I didn't do it for the views but when once you start getting them and he was like did you break a thousand 
And I said, we're at 45000 a day. And I mean, it was, holy cow. I mean, I did, like I said, I didn't set out to do that. I want to get off. I was so mad when I read their article at first. I mean, I was, you were here at the office. I was, I started yelling because it was just drive. I mean, they, anyway, you, you, I've said, I, I repeat myself now, but um, I had to get out of my system. But it was good. It feels good that people liked it. So feeling good, I'm segueing myself. I wouldn't recommend it. But speaking of feeling good when people like you. So two years ago. Two years ago, almost to the, the day, day. To the day. The agency over here and we at the Renaissance Bank were rolling out. Are our, we going to tell the true story? Are we going to yeah, tell, tell what happened? Yeah, we can tell the true story. We can so, tell the true story. So let me let me set this up real tell quick. Tell truth. Tell truth. <laughs> Nothing but the truth. You can't handle the truth. Tell the they can handle. I can handle the truth. Tell the truth. They can handle it. So, so here's the, the. If you ever wonder where ideas come from, and you've heard a couple of them, um, genocized, genesis, jazzercised, jazzercised, which is coming back anyway. We have a beer client, and we did these animated cans to to show off some new artwork we had taken them over, and a very progressive music listener named Aaron Sather, who's our uh, motion graphics guy. Um, director, leader of the department, um, just dropped a track in just to give it a little. Yeah, he's like, I heard this track, kind of like it. I'm gonna just see what y'all two think. years ago. And well, no, that's when we released it. So this was probably six months before that, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it was a good bit before that. Yeah. And um, and it was going to be internal marketing. This was not supposed to see the light of day. Like yeah. he was, it would, it would be like you didn't license music, but you were just listening to it in there in front of something just to be like, hey, yeah. you see what just this is, and now go find some yeah. share some music that we can actually buy type thing. Right. So we watched this beer can animation, and John said, "I said they don't get that song, we get that song." <laughs> yeah, which is rightfully so because the bank could. And, and, and let me re- let to, me reverse to, your to so, this so song. someone who thinks, well, why is John looking at other client working here? I'm also the maybe say she's one man community board as a joke because well, I mean it was well, it, this well, wasn't private been, work been in, anyway, but we've been in this stuff from the start, and yeah. I know the guys. I've met yeah. with the guys at this at this brewery. So anyway, uh, but they were asking just my opinion, you know, critique this. And I looked yeah. at it and I said, I I think we're we're buying that music because it it was so catchy and so good, and it and it just. You know when you it's back when you, pocket by a band called Wolfpack. Yes, and um, you can uh, obviously we'll link we'll, we'll link it too at the bottom of the the page. But, but it fit banking in your pocket. Yes, the phone's in your pocket. You've got it. You can pull it out. So put it in your pocket in your back pocket. And the music's real funky. It's got a cool beat. And so anyway, the other thing is I don't know that the just in full disclosure if the brewery would have even paid for the music if you no. would have offered it. But it wasn't public. It was no, it, it was never intended. Yeah, to go public. It was not a public no. song. And so. We we approached the band. Josh contacted them via their website, and we bought the rights to this. And we bought the the studio version because at the time I was just seeing it on on the YouTube's. Yeah, it was just a concert song. Yeah, and then they they put it on an album and released it, and uh, we bought the rights to it for a couple years, and we blew it out. We had it everywhere, and the cool thing I liked about March tenth, twenty sixteen was the day it was uploaded. To Vimeo. Yes. And the coolest part about it was when we had that thing out on social. We You're going to wonder t- why I keep bringing up the yeah. date. But. We put it on television. We had it on social. We had it on digital channels. We dropped it everywhere. We had clients call the bank and ask, who sings that song? And I know that sounds ob- like, that's weird. I mean, how many people actually would call their bank and go, that, that funky, cool song you got in the ad, who does that? And then we get emails to our from yep. our contact Facebook, us. Facebook, media. who is it? Who does this song? And so we really kind of rode 
sort of a you know a cool kid. We were cool. Yeah, we were cool. So we're riding. I'm a, presenting this this part of it in a presentation. I, I actually was putting the presentation together this weekend, and the slide after I show back pocket is the smile, the emoji with the sunglasses on the cool emoji. Yeah. That's because that's how. So we were cool. We were cool. Everybody was like, "This is a cool song. Cool bank. Y'all are awesome. Whatever." I even did a little talk on buying music at one of the aba conferences because we started buying some music and this was it's probably the first or second real music we bought everything else there was kind of and then we started getting some other bands music but to that point then what happens mr mavis well um one evening i guess thursday thursday wednesday or thursday thursday because it was after a soccer game when i saw it it yeah um one of my employees sent me a link and said have you seen this i was at dinner with some friends but uh it was outside it was out of character so i knew through context clues, something was up. And I played it with low volume. And it's an Apple ad with this young man going to like a neighborhood market, bazaar kind of thing, flea market outside. And he's zooming glasses and hats are zooming on him. And I was like, well, that's, that's, you know, cool. I mean, I guess you just showed me. And then the song that we licensed two years ago started playing. Yes. And I was like, I don't know whether to jump up and down happy or be extremely angry that your song got stolen. Yes. And I aired on the former. I was like, if Apple liked our song... Then we obviously did something right. Yes. And so the funny... A lot of questions popped into my mind. Like, when they approached... Because they had to approach the same group we did to buy the music, which is the band they own the publishing rights. House. Yeah. I was like, did they price it with them? Did they know that that song was already licensed? Like, so many different things. And given, I don't think we had exclusivity left on it. I think we had it for the financial services space, but not for yeah. a, uh, a mobile space. Yeah, so and, it, and Apple would have just bought it. Apple would have just bought us out. Anyway, so yeah. I had some people ask me, like, did you sell it to Apple? I had a, so, to Josh's story, I, I coach a, uh, a ladies' soccer team, and we had just finished a 3-0 victory on Thursday night. Everyone was pumped up, so we went to the Firehouse Subs and celebrated like you do in Small Town USA. And I'm sitting <laughs> there, and I look down at my phone, and it is absolutely blowing up with text messages saying, everything from this is so cool i thought it was a renaissance ad until i saw the apple at the end which would have been crazy on its own but then it was like did y'all like people saying did y'all license the song to apple is apple paying y'all money that would have been a good but there there was like so many can you imagine reselling those just having like being able to go back as a marketing department (laughs) and be like i've actually got got a profit stream now (laughs) but uh so phone blowing up over and over again you get the picture and so we had a quick huddle that night text message saying this is something worth huddling over yeah, because I mean, you don't know if it's good news or bad but news. But I find out about this at like maybe 7.30, 8 o'clock on a Thursday night after a, I'm exhausted from coaching a soccer game and a full day of work and I get home and I look at and, and I, I you and I start texting. I start texting with some of our uh, our staff, and I'm like, you know, there's two ways to approach this. We then we can either bitch and act like we're angry about it. Oh, and, and or I was like, or we can embrace this and be like, man, the coolest company probably around right now. The Apple's, coolest company, yeah. Nike just took the same. But, Ad and to to what you and I talked about it took a similar narrative in advertising, kind of like it's just ease of shopping. Yeah, and the same thing we used it for. Given because there's this FaceTime or our uh, our facial recognition, face recognition. with the yeah. iPhone X. Yeah, and so we looked at. It, I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to post on this. We need to promote it. We need to say, look, congrats, Apple. Thank you. This is awesome. And and it wasn't contrived that way. Like we really were pumped. Like yeah. it was like, oh my god, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like when you get excited about something, like and you look around, like, can I? Is it okay that I'm excited about this? Because, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's not cut and dry that you could be, I mean, somebody could have called and been like, how did you not have the license? Which is silly, but it could have happened. And 
And so I think there's a bigger play here, and I notice it a lot, is I feel like brands and corporations, uh, which are the same, really, get upset when someone mimics or imitates them and a lot of times tries to sue because we're in that type of environment. where. And I've always been of the opposite I of like... I protect the brand. And I've always kind of been like, look, unless it's something like damaging, and, and I'm, when I'm, when I'm talking really damaging, I don't know why more people don't embrace this stuff and ride it for a brain growth. Like, we got emails, no text messages. We rolled this thing out. We rolled out a blog post, which will obviously be connected to the podcast. You can read the blog post. You can see both ads. We'll post them. No one at Apple knows anything about Oh, Renaissance. they don't care. Apple doesn't care. They don't the, even know we have it, unless like, somebody, they, ta- unless right, a lawyer looked at it and said it's, it's expired. Yeah. Oh, is that that bank that had it or whatever? Yeah. It's actually not expired because we renewed it. We we still are running that spot or can. We renewed yeah. it. Well, we use it in a lot of presentations this, in digital. This yeah. year. But here's the funny thing is within the footprint where we made a media buy with that spot, which it was a, a, a pretty strong buy, people are seeing somebody else's spot. And thinking it's ours yeah, or it, relating it to us. Yeah. And it's a, a, a like a $6 million spot, I bet. And that may be under. I mean, it's... The production's ridiculous. That's what you do. That's it, when you win. We look good because people say, hey, Renaissance, they got that, that cool ad. I've had other marketers email me and be like, man, what an awesome win for you guys. Like, And, and then I've even had, without mentioning a, a board member, even email me. It's like, man, you guys handled that perfect. Like, you handled that so well. Like, in other words, you have to tell me later. You embraced it and you, <laughs> you used it to promote your brand versus, you know, just you, be cool about well, it. Well, you could have done nothing, which is yeah. what probably I would say. I don't want probably to would have recommended yeah. somebody do nothing because yeah, because it's in, in inviting scrutiny yeah or inviting that that someone knows you don't know whatever and then secondly someone said well maybe you should the go conservative approach would have been yeah, to do nothing. to do nothing the defensive approach would have been to try to con- which would have been ludicrous ludicrous and stupid to contact Apple and be like Chris Bridges hey guys we yes Chris Bridges to uh, call up Apple or contact them and be like you can't do that because we've already done this here's our <laughs> ad Apple with their have, 92 billion would have just the, laughed in the bank would have been like laughed we're just gonna not even answer you we'll just cut off all your bank's iPhones <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the third is embrace it man embrace it it is an not awesome thing not that Apple thing. would do that we don't think no. Apple would do that no but it is an awesome thing so we embrace don't it do that, and Apple. we still embrace it and I and look I hope Apple steals all of our advertising yeah, it's cool. Like, and then st- steal. They didn't steal anything. No, that, they, I, did no not. they did it not. It was no. it was all tongue in cheek, and it was. But but I tell you what, it, for me at least, as a person involved with it, um, which actually had little to do with it, other than kind of being the guy who showed it and gave the environment or whatever the inspiration, I guess, if you will. The you know, I was really the. Oh, and then we took the it wind beneath it. its yeah. wings, but you know, other than that, the creating the whole environment. Did you just say wind beneath? Wind beneath the wings. Is that a Bette Midler tune? That is a Bette Billy Billy Beaches. Billy 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 Beaches. Oh, no. Beaches. Lily Tomlin? I can't. Man, make you cry. That's that's stuff my parents watched. Well, I'm a parent. Yeah. Apparently. Mm. Anyway, Mm. other than just creating the creative environment for, for, for these ideas to flourish... What it did for me was, I mean, it was a it was a strong validator that we're doing something right. I mean, just as a marketer, I mean, I think that's a lot of what we do is just like, am I doing good, mom? Yeah, tell me I'm doing good. And that was because you can't validate cool quantitatively. Going back to because because you you might have an ad that draws some people in to ask about a product. You might have a a special on a CD that people come in. And, but do you ever know if you're if your creative is actually good or touching something well, that, look, that's beyond the ROI because everybody talks about ROI and so, but 
ROI is great. Like there's some people that do just horrible marketing, but they're big in the community. They have a good customer base. So it almost doesn't matter to them. But at some point as a marketer, not a banker, as a marketer, you go, it's the stuff we're doing. Is it, I mean, we like it. We know it's good. We know some people because they may be kissing your rear like it, but like a vendor say, oh, this is great. We really like what you're doing. Now spend money with us. I mean, yeah. but you got to go. How do you validate some of your creative? And I felt like we got validated for for a window, for a short window of time. I was like, we got validated. Well, it wasn't. I mean, not for. A, I mean, it doesn't validate everything we do, but it, but it shows our instincts are good. I'll tell you this. To your point, make you feel good. Yeah. Ooh, do the popcorn. Make you feel good. Anyway, uh, I was I was on the phone with, with with some bank data talking about the validation and all this. Like, can you quantify whatever? And I was looking at real anonymized, anonymized but real data from a cross-sell campaign from another institution as an example of how this uh, dashboarding works. Very impressive stuff. And, he, and it was a $20 million deposit income. But it was a cross-sell. And I said, you know, did you use a special link or how did you validate that those numbers came from the campaign? And the person presenting said, well, this was a cross-sell and it was, we looked at a three-week window after the advertising ran and one-to-one matched this back up with the list that we sent it to because they were internal clients at the beginning and then so we could track them through the end. I was like, oh, that's fine. I said, how many people in the room still said it wasn't marketing's credit? Credit. Yeah. Oh, he said there was a there was a point where it was of the 20 million, I don't know, the largest sector was 80 was um, 82 individuals, like a sector was 82 individuals for like $8 million of the 20 million. And whoever was responsible for that group was like, oh, that had nothing to do with the marketing. That was us. Like, nothing to do with it. Just so happened that we sent out this group. Specific messaging. And within three weeks of receiving it, they took that exact action. Yeah. Oh, but that, no, no, that that marketing. We were working that that group. So my point is, is in our industry and others, people will be there to steal your thunder. You can't steal Apple's thunder. Oh, not trying to steal it. I know, but I'm just saying. When they validate you, you're yeah, validated. I just feel like it was cool. And it was cool. So, as I said in the, uh, as we said in our post, you know, we got swagger jacked. Tried to use some of that cool language. I never heard that not before. Cool. Getting swagger jacked, someone yeah. steals your style. Yeah, steals your style, and they stole our style. But that's okay because we love Apple. Yeah, they, they have they own style. They any style that we have was borrowed or created through their uh, system, I mean, probably. It, it, but um. You know, it, it was cool, and I think the 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 response I got from fellow marketers that sent me DMs and text messages was really cool. And then, secondly, just it could have been handled differently if the way I see other businesses sometimes approach stuff like this. But I think it's like, man, it's it's kind of like the you know to get to it, the Wendy's and McDonald's thing. Like you already know the brand names, and so it's cool to play off each other because yeah. then it just raises the brand of both of them for attention. And I'm not saying that we're anywhere near getting raised up with Apple, but my, but in our circle of influence in the markets we're in there are people that see that ad and until they show the apple logo then they think it's some type of renaissance spot yep and that's my favorite thing about it is that it just it kind of hooked us into another little mindset of our brand being innovative and like new york times we came first we had it licensed i don't know what apple i mean apple i can do anything they want to their apple but i mean like it's we legit piggybacked on their buy now yeah and so you've got you got that, and to, to Josh's point on the New York Times is is another form of communication. It's all about timing, mm-hmm. and then getting recognition and and validating. You know that Tupelo is a great place. You know, like every place, every place in the world has problems and advantages and disadvantages and opportunities. Uh, I guess the tactical takeaway from this is make sure you're accurate 
and then go for it. And that's what we did on both accounts. It was timing was right. We were accurate. We were in the right on both issues. We were in the right that we had done the song. You were in the right that the community had different statistics that they didn't take note of as well as qualitative analysis. And so you won by defending the the place didn't need defending, but right. you, you did a good job of showing that. Well, here's the deal. The the lesson I would I would give anybody is if you're not doing it, you're not going to have a story like this. Last week, we recorded podcasts last week. You can go back and follow the timeline of this. We didn't have this story last week. We didn't. On one of those, we took an action two years ago, and it was good. I mean, again, we can't prove how well it did in the bank or whatever, how many deposits it gathered, how, many, how much adoption or whatever. We can't. There's no way to. It's television. To. Well, it's a lot of things. It's television, right. print, digital. digital. It's, it's a whole and then, deal. And then there was one that was a very quick reaction that we knew timing was there. But my point is, if you sit around, and, and so many people do this, perfection paralysis, can we, should we, nah. I mean, because it's the conservative approach, especially on the Apple thing, would have been to say nothing at all. And still, it would have been cool and and... And, and New York Times, who am I to go? But if you aren't taking risk, and these were pretty calculated risks. Oh, the Apple thing wasn't even... And less... It was a, the smallest risk. Part. Right. I mean, but they were assessed as risk yeah. and think through it. But if you're not doing something, you're not ever going to get a reaction. Yeah. And and then, you know, maybe one of the things worse of someone thinking even negatively of you is not even being thought of at all. Yes. Because then you're not a brand. Well, and that's what we talk about. We, we talk about, you know, people talk about a customer experience when they're overwhelmed. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe how awesome it was? I went to get a haircut, and they dipped my hands in paraffin wax <laughs> or something. I remember when that was a trend, and, like, everybody was talking. When the, For you, yeah. I never did that stuff. Well, Because I'm a man. I'm wait, 40. You, you go get your ha- haircut with a rock. I'm a man. Somebody just hits you in the head with a rock. Oh, they just pull it out. Yeah. It's obvious. <laughs> you seen me. Uh, People talk when they're overwhelmed. I can't believe it was so great. I went to Walmart and the person was so helpful. And then they talk when they're underwhelmed. Like I, I was in in. Um, no one would talk to me. No one helped. Yeah, me. the line was me. too long. The place but, was dirty. But nobody talks when it's exactly what they expected, which is called when they're just whelmed. Whelmed. With that, we have whelmed this podcast. Well, to our time. Yep. So take away overwhelm. Calculate your risk and take be successful the and take the opportunity. For the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com, I'm sitting next to Josh Mabus. And I am sitting next to John Oxford, and we're on a pretty good high today. Keep it awesome out there. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.